Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Undrafted, a Dynasty Game Theory podcast brought to you by the Undroppables. I am your host, Scott Belanger, a.k.a. Jax Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Dino Game Theory. This is episode number 140. And let's roll and let's invite some very new listeners. Hey, man, thanks for tuning in. And, you know, thanks for all the, I, you know, it's amazing when you start to start to do these podcasts. We're 140 in and. Yeah, I think people start to get to know me, which is kind of an interesting phenomenon. I never really considered it when I started doing podcasts. And, you know, there's so many DMs and people reaching out to me for just various reasons. And, yeah, um, there's so much kindness and, and, and good, grace, good grace out in the, uh, in the community. I, I just thank you. So for those who have been listening and, and, and sort of share all those sentiments, it's not lost on me. I don't always respond or who knows what, but... Um, you know, just thought I'd say to everybody, y'all are fucking pretty cool out there. So thank you. You know, despite all the, all the craziness that happens on Twitter sometimes, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot of real people out there. So anyway, that's what I got to say. So take that for what it's worth. But this week we've got a great show. Um, you know, this is kind of a home team show. You know, we do this a lot. Uh, my partner at the Undroppables is Mr. Mr. Chalk. Y'all know him. Um, and, uh, honestly, he's, he's just a brilliant mind and, and I'm so grateful to have him as my partner here at the Undroppables. He's sort of the, I always call him the Wizard of Oz. He's kind of behind the curtain there, you know, not always standing out front. That's, I guess, my job. Uh, put the pretty face up front is what they say. So that's why I did it. I volunteered. Uh, but uh, but seriously, so without further ado, I'm going to bring out Mr. Chalk. You can follow him on 101 Chalk, on Twitter, at 101 Chalk. Excuse me. I have a hard time talking. I am a podcaster after all. But Mr. Chalk, come on out here and save the show. Yo, man. Uh, yeah, I'm always so humbled, man. You know, when when you introduce me, you know, I know we've done a ton of these shows now, and uh, I I was telling you earlier this week that I really reserve my guest appearances for for the undrafted for you, my partner in crime, and someone I've been rolling with for years now. Um, so thankful for that, and uh, yeah, looking forward to talking some dynasty rankings. And yeah, I mean, let's let's get, get into it. Yeah, I heard you were on Billy Muzio's show, though, eh? Yeah, man. So actually, uh, 
It's a rare, rare appearance outside of the undrafted. So I did, I did a man versus machine appearance with Billy Muzio. And he, I know he was on the show uh, recently, the tranquilizer gun episode. Yes. And um, we actually talked uh, redraft rankings, seasonal projections and redraft rankings uh, earlier today. And uh, looking forward to turning the page and doing dynasty with you, man. Well, I know that, you know, <clears throat> you and I do, um, you know, projections every year and we don't fancy ourselves as like master projections guys or whatever but we do them um so that we can get a better feel for the the league i mean you have to start to consider the full depth charts of all the teams and you know just how teams are going to play whether they're going to be pass heavy run heavy so it forces you to sort of look back at the previous year maybe you know look at the coaching staffs and say hey was there any changes and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I do think that that's valuable. Um, I don't necessarily think I'm the smartest guy when it comes to football, you know, across the board, but that sort of makes me be a little bit more well-rounded. Is that kind of what you take from it as well? Yeah, absolutely, man. Cause you know, when I, especially when I was playing redraft before I played dynasty, I never did projections, right. I was just playing the game and, you know, I didn't really look at historical numbers and, yeah, you pay attention to the news and things like that, but I wasn't really taking it that seriously. And once I started playing Dynasty, you know, I, I started thinking about how, you know, the annual projections for a season starts to impact Dynasty outlooks. And we're going to get into this in this, this show, right? We're going to talk about some players yes. that their, their current seasonal outlook doesn't look great. And I think a lot of people, when they play Dynasty, they play the long game, which is great. But and we yeah. talked about this on Twitter. It's like the immediate impact, the immediate outlook matters a ton. And, yes, you know, whether you're building for the long term, you still have to realize that you got to win some at some time. Right. Yes. And what better time than the present? So, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought this up because we, we didn't, that's so amazing. This is what I'm talking about. The Spider-Man meme, because today I was thinking about this and we didn't talk about this topic that we're talking about right this second, but I was thinking the exact same thing about talking about on this show. And I didn't even tell you. So that's amazing. But here's the point. I agree with you. You think about like, um, if, if you're, if you're targeting an older player, we, I put up a poll today about Calvin Ridley versus um, Amari Cooper. And Amari's 29, Calvin Ridley's 28, soon to be 29. I think he's going to be 29 here. Uh, I think he's less than six months younger, whatever. Similar age. Um, and I just was kind of curious, you know, if, if the hope, the black box of Calvin Ridley, because he hasn't played in two years, was so powerful to overtake the sort of proven production commodity of Amari Cooper. I was very curious. And, you know, the, the, the listeners are pretty smart. It was Amari by a hair, which I think is right. I have him slightly ahead of, of Calvin Ridley in, in my dynasty rankings. And, you know, I, I think that's great. What I was thinking about about that, though, is that if either one of those guys, because they're 28 and 29 years old, if either one of them has just a subpar season, like not even terrible, just not all that great, they become fucking bad values. And, you know, they, they lose a lot of value in Dynasty. And so you can say, oh, three more years, two more years, he's 28, this much time left, whatever. You can say all that. But as soon as a, an older player, and when I say older, you know, you've heard it on on Matt Kelly shows over the age apex. You know, I call it the dynasty curve. Same difference. As soon as they're on the downslope of the dynasty curve, they are now going to really plummet in value. So you are making a one season or a 2023 bet on almost every player in your portfolio. Am I right? 100%, man. Right. And I think, I think what you just said makes 
so much sense. And it's so important for your listeners to understand that the fact that 28 or 29 age uh, year old uh, wide receiver, they have one bad season in 2023 and their value is absolutely tanking. Like, I mean, like they're falling off the precipice into no man's land. And what I'm saying yeah, exactly right. Allen Robinson, yeah. right? I mean, you know, you yeah, see it. He was, he was example. like a, yeah, I mean, you know, we make fun of Kyle Yates, but I mean, he was saying trade him for a 22 or 23 first, whatever you're saying, like before last season, whatever. You know, he, it was kind of a bad tweet then, but the point was, it was somewhat reasonable for him to say that that was his value. It wasn't exactly his value, but, you know, and then all of a sudden he has that bad season, and now it seems utterly ridiculous to have such a take. Um, and, and that's what happens to these older receivers. Whereas, you know, if Garrett Wilson has a down year, yeah, his value suffers, but it doesn't tank. It just is like, wait a second, what happened there? It's like, it's kind of like the Juju Smith Schuster, you know, Juju, we all made the bet. I mean, I think a lot of people had him as wide receiver one overall at one point after, you know, and rightfully so to some degree, you know, when they're younger, they can sort of insulate some of that, 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 um, that value because of youth. But when they're older, you know, they really are fragile. And I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I know that's where you're going, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm glad you brought Juju because, yeah, years ago, right, when Antonio Brown was still a stealer, right? Yeah. And they had both put up an amazing season, both of them. And Juju was so young. I mean, what, he was like 21 or 22 years old. And just the world ahead of him, right? And, I mean, he started dropping year after year. And now he's you know, at a very uh, interesting spot in his even dynasty outlook. It really is. Yeah, he really is. I mean, we, we tend to look at it, you know, year over year or, you know, or, or excuse me, we tend to, people tend to look at it in, you know, three-year windows and things like that. But remember, you know, that first year has a lot uh, to, to do with what's going to, what's going to happen. I almost look at it like shock sometimes, like I, I, you know, I don't know if you can re- accurately predict this, but like, what are the dynasty rankings, or or even better yet, what are the redraft rankings going to look like a year from now? You know what I mean? It's like, well, if you had that information, then everything play you'd, you'd be able to play this perfectly. You know what I mean? Like, if I gave yeah. you that information, just ADP from August of 2024, just give you that piece of paper, you'd be like, oh, I know exactly what to, I'll trade for this guy and that guy because you know exactly what the story is. So ultimately, you're trying to spin that story. Projections help us do that, by the way. Spin that story into into 2023. What's going to happen? Injuries aside, you know w- w- what's going to happen, and uh, and that's what you're trying to figure out. And that's why a guy like Amari Cooper is a fine bet this year. Um, but even still, he's only going to basically lose a little bit of value, even if he has a dope season, because next year he'll be 30. People will be afraid of it. You know, so it's it's like it's very interesting with the older players. You're basically we, and we talked about this shows before. You're basically buying production, not value. Exactly. Right. I mean, you're, you're absolutely buying the immediate production and not the value. And, and that's the way it is. And we, we don't have that crystal ball to look into <laughs> no. next year's ADP. I, mean, I wish we could, like you said. Right, because if we didn't, right? I mean, we'd be unstoppable. Yep. Um, but, yeah. but that's so, all you need to know is next year's yeah. redraft ADP. But anyway, that's just a you know sort of a, a mind trip that I was thinking about, and you know that's why when you're when you're rebuilding, you get young players. It's not because you know it's just because you can store value better. You know, that's, that's really it. You're not going to, you're, you're almost not likely to produce as much. You're almost better off taking a, a lesser producing younger player than a better producing older player, you know, which is kind of, 
It's completely antithetical. Speaking of antithetical, um, hey, the the big the big thing that we said we were going to do is talk about rankings, you know, and and that sort of builds into this because I think you know there was one of our 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 followers and and someone who you know interacts with me on Twitter quite a lot had asked me, you know, don't you guys have like the rebuild versus you know uh, win now dynasty rankings? And it's like I just always feel like that's your job. You know, it's like, of course, just, you know, I, I traded um, last year, I traded um, Devonte Adams for Traylon Burks, you know, late in the season to a contender. I think I got a little, pro- I did get a little profit, of course, chalk squeeze, right? I do, you know, I'm trying to be <laughs> modest, but of course I did. I, whatever it was, you know, but at that time, Devonte Adams was definitely clearly more valuable. So I got, I, I might have even got a first or a second, whatever. I did fine, but I, I traded Devonte for Traylon Burks because, what the hell is Traylon Burks doing? I mean, excuse me. What's Devonte Adams doing on a um, on a on a you know on a rebuilding team? A team that's not going to win. It doesn't make any sense. I don't need him, you know. So those types of moves are 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 done with the understanding of whether or not you're rebuilding or not, right? So that's the player's job. I still felt like Devonte Adams was more valuable, but he's more valuable to a team that wants to win. <laughs> you know, I was a team that did not want to win, so I just wanted to store youth and future value on my team, not productive value on my team. So anyway, keep that in mind. But we we posted our quarterback rankings, Chalk, me and you. And, you know, we didn't talk before. We don't really – I don't really look at yours. I don't think you really look at mine. Maybe you take a peek. I take a peek, but I don't really say, oh, he's got him there. I better move him. I don't, I don't really do that. Matter of fact, I almost revel in the fact that we have differences sometimes. I, I prefer that. Um you know, just because then we can have interesting conversations when we have it the same, but we did have it the same in this case. We both had Kyler Murray just after the rookies at number 15 overall. And we took some flack on Twitter and you know what? I actually don't blame them. I think in a way I understand what they're saying and in a way they were correct but I want you to just defend your position on Kyler Murray as quarterback 15. And I already think I know what you're going to say. Yeah. So he is, he's a talented younger quarterback, although, right. He's not as young as these rookie quarterbacks that we're seeing, um, you know, and he's coming off a devastating ACL injury uh, later in the season. Right. So the second half of the season, it's an ACL injury to a running mobile quarterback. Yep. Right. So he is guaranteed to miss games this coming season. So given the fact that, you know, a ACL injury to a running quarterback or a running back or running quarterback or any player for for, for that matter, their next season is going to be heavily impacted, especially if it's late in the season. So already, I mean, we talked about this at the beginning of the show, that immediate production value, right, is hurt. And right. however you want to slice it, if you want to trade trade away Kyler Murray or trade for him, the way I do my rankings is what is the value today? It's not what's the value next year. It's not what's the value in two years. I'm, I'm accounting for the value and the outlook over the next two years in my dynasty rankings, of course. But I'm also really factoring he- more heavily than probably before 
what are you doing for me today? What are you doing for me in week one, week two, and whatever, up to week 10? And I, I just don't see that. On top of that, the Cardinals, as we all know, are going to be terrible. They did not sign DeAndre Hopkins, resign him. So DeAndre Hopkins is gone. Their best receiver is Marquise Brown, who he definitely has his boom and bust potential. Uh, I'm not a big fan of him because he's generally one of those players that, you know, if he if he's getting those big, big bomb shots, then yeah, he's producing. Uh, and he has Rondell Moore, who can't stay on the field, and Greg Dorse. They're all undersized receivers. He does not have a true alpha target hog type player to to soak up those targets. The team is not going to be good, and they have early draft picks. There's a new yeah. regime that's not invested in Kyler Murray. So these are all factors and things that I'm thinking about Thank as you. I'm projecting out his his you know his like dynasty value. And then on top of that. And I just talked about Marquise Brown and how Marquise Brown thrives on the big ball. Well, if you look at Kyler Murray's yards per attempt and his, you know, average depth of target, he's actually ranked, he actually ranked in the, towards the bottom. I mean, I think he was dead last in yards per attempt last year at like six yards. Like he's not, he's not throwing those passes efficiently anymore, or at least last year. Right. And, it, and then, you know, on Twitter, they, they, they came after me and, I know, you know you were part of that kind of thread because it was based off your tweet, but basically saying how, oh, he's a leap uh, points per game producer. And ever since 20, 2020, or the last three seasons, it's gradually gone down. And next right. year, it's probably going to be going down again. So I'm looking at that historical value and that trajectory. And, and of course, you could turn it around in 2024. Who knows if they draft Caleb Williams or, you know, Drake um, – Drake May. Drake May or, you know, whoever else. And we just don't know. Right. And, and for those reasons, I, I, I'm I fading Kyler Murray in Dynasty today. And, of course, we're Bayesian. Tomorrow, next week, six months from now, that could change with new data. But as of right now, the data is telling me I need to fade him. And, and then finally, in my defense, and I'll hand it back to you, I actually have Kyler Murray in the same tier as Dak, Tua, and the rookie quarterbacks. They're all in the yeah. same tier. Me too. Me too. Right? So like, I agree. it's like we're slicing hairs. Yeah. If you put it on paper in a linear format, one through 20 or one through 24. Okay. Kyler Murray at 15. Oh my goodness. But I mean, I could easily put him at quarterback 10, right? You know, and it's all kind of splitting hairs to me. Right. I all totally agree. Questions. Totally agree with everything you just said. I think you absolutely nailed it. I, I don't really I, – well, I know I can't say it any better than that. But so ultimately at the end of the day, I, I do agree. It's like 2023 matters. His production matters. And I know a lot of people will say, well, you know, there was an argument, I, I, you know, and, and people I respect. And, and, and they're not wrong. It's not to say that they're wrong. It's just someone said, well, you could replace his production with a back-end, you know, quarterback two in the short term and then pick it up on the backside, you know, Tannehill or then – and then go to him and – Okay, and they were comparing that to Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud, and I'll give you that Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, and Anthony Richardson are not sure things. I, I I will submit that, and and if you made the argument that we're in a draft together, and, and honestly, I probably wouldn't be drafting any of those guys to be honest with you. That whole you know group is in a in a startup. I'm actually fading. I generally fade the rookie quarterbacks unless they're real surefire bets. You know, uh, in the startup, you know, Trevor Lawrence was someone I was interested in, but even 
you know, even Trey Lance, he got steamed up. I've always been against. I was against Zach Wilson. You know, I was even probably a little bit fading Justin Fields at his, you know, read, uh, excuse me, his startup uh, ADP in, um, you know, as a rookie before he played a game, just because you never know, you know, you don't really know, but you have to rank them someplace. And if I have to take a quarterback, I would take them before, you know, Daniel Jones, Kirk Cousins, and right, and so forth and so on. Like if they're on the board and they're, fli- they're slipping, I would draft them. You know, I wouldn't necessarily steam them up. So all that being said, is kind of like what you're saying. There's tears to all this. Um, I probably still have Dak and Tua ahead, although Tua is scary a little bit too. But again, yes, it's all sort of tears. And um, I would say that if Kyler were healthy and in in a good situation, he would leapfrog all those players, you know, obviously, because he's he's shown the propensity to put up fantasy points, as people have mentioned. But there are some other factors, too, that I think you didn't mention that I'll mention. You know, the league seems to be dubious of Mr. Kyler Murray, right? You know, it's like just people who are league adjacent, whether you're talking about – um. Um, what's the guy, the real GM um, Lombardi, you know, he has his podcast. He talks terribly of Kyler Murray, thinks he's not a leader, says all these things. Now, who does he talk to? He talks to other GMs and other, you know, old heads in, you know, in the front offices of NFL. I mean, that's who he's tied to, you know, he's not tied to the fucking dynasty community, you know? So guys like that are not necessarily in favor of Kyler Murray. And I don't think they see him in the same light as we do. You know, it's the whole Konami thing too, to begin with, you know, we love Konami because it scores us fantasy points, but it doesn't really win football games. What has Arizona done now that they've got Kyler Murray? They're not like, Oh dude, we're good. They're actually talking about Caleb Williams. Same thing with, you know, Justin Fields or any of these guys until you win, you're not shit. You know, Hertz was looked at the same way. And when did he get his contract? After he won. You know what I mean? It was like, and now he's viewed as a, a great player. But if you can't win and convert, now he did so with the best roster in football, but besides the point, it's all about winning, you know, so for the NFL guys. And that's what holds you to your job. I don't know how long t- Kyler Murray is for the NFL if he can't win over a front office and continue to get contracts. Um, that, that's just as simple as it is, is said. And and also, he's very slight. He's been injured twice now, a shoulder and a knee. The ACL is less concerning as sort of the the stuff that breaks when you're tackled, you know, the, the sort of shoulder stuff. But his deep ball, as you pointed out, was not good last year. There was a cut-up someone did. I don't remember if it was Ian Harditz or something like that. But they put it out. It was all of his deep ball throws over 20 yards, and it was a sloppy mess. It did not look good. So that was another thing where I was like, man, I, I sort of see him as a good deep ball thrower. And maybe he isn't, you know, so I had to sort of rethink some things there too. I was buying Kyler Murray if the, if there was a dip, but at the same time, I'm, I'm not overweight and I don't want to be like, he's the be- you know, he's a top five, you know, easy does it. So I think somewhere in that range is fair. And if you're so, so aggressive with him that you love him so much and you want to trade me, you know, Bryce Young plus remember Bryce Young, also a small guy, but probably a little bit better pedigree. Um, and uh, also the first pick overall in the NFL draft, like Kyler. So I think Bryce Young and him are pretty close. Bryce Young is healthy, um, and right now the league loves him. And, you know, the league was a little bit dubious on Kyler even coming out, if you remember right. So, again, for the reasons you stated and the reasons I just stated, yeah, I think he's properly ranked, and I don't I don't really feel compelled to to move him, What right? Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to move him until there's more data. Until right. data – makes us move him right and again we're we're 
you are probably the most Bayesian dynasty player I've come across, right? I mean, you've taught me how to be Bayesian, really. And until I get more data, I just I just can't do it. I'm not going to just do it on impulse or because, you know, I, I think that, you know, he's going to all of a sudden come back, you know, and be the same player that he was uh, immediately. And, um, you know, it's an interesting thing. Like, and I know we asked some of the topics we want to touch on, but um, you talked about like the winning quarterback thing. And I was actually doing research last night because I started falling into this rabbit hole. And who was the last Konami quarterback to win a Super Bowl? I mean, I know that's not what necessarily matters in fantasy. It, it's it's maybe Russell Wilson, right? And I think yeah. he's probably the only one in the last, like, you know, forever. I mean, you know, none of them do. You know, it's yeah. Matthew Stafford, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, you know, Patrick Mahomes. And people will say, oh, Patrick Mahomes is athletic. Yeah, but that's not how he wins. He, he yeah, does win. From, a, yeah, I mean, he yeah. wins from time to time that way. Of course, that's huge. Just like Trevor Lawrence, you know, Trevor Lawrence, I mean, you guys know, I mean, golly, this is my new love affair. I think he's really, really, really excellent. And he's got a, he's six, six, dude. He's got a great NFL quarterback body. He's very athletic. He is super calm and cool. Um, I, I just think Trevor Lawrence is maybe, I mean, honestly, if we're picking, put it this way, I will say this, this is crazy, but this is true. If we're, if we're running a team, and we had a fantasy draft, like, you know, no team has any players. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And someone is up first and they pick Patrick Mahomes and we're second. I would be advocating to draft Trevor Lawrence, number two, as the most second most valuable player in the entire NFL in terms of going forward. I don't think he's the second best quarterback as we sit here today, but I think he I think he's this I think he's I think he's that that good a prospect. So you talk about Joe Burrow. You know, uh, uh, Herbert, Hertz, and Josh Allen. I'm taking him way ahead of Josh Allen. I, I love Josh Allen. Love him. Absolutely love him. But, you know, just Trevor yeah. Lawrence is just a better NFL Super Bowl prospect, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I love Trevor Lawrence, and, and I'm glad you brought him up. And kind of the last thing about Kyler here is I recently traded Kyler plus essentially a second for Trevor Lawrence. Oh and I God. was like – I was ecstatic. I was like, I committed, I committed Robbie. And then last year, yeah, uh, yeah, last year I traded, uh, I traded away Kyler Murray for Dak in a second. And I'm, I'm still, I'm very happy about that too, because I I see like Dak and Kyler are pretty much equal value right now. And Dak's actually going to be putting on points. And I got a second on top of that. So, um, yeah. last year I was advocating and yeah, go check the fucking tape. I was advocating trading Kyler Murray for Trevor Lawrence plus because that's what it was worth. It was Trevor Lawrence was coming on. It was like when he was just starting to play well and it was like, okay, I see. This is the Urban Meyer effect. It, it's going away. Trevor's coming back. It's his second year. He's starting to play well. I'm like, dude, he's the real deal. He had two great games and I was like, this is the real dude. This is the guy that it is, you know? And uh, I, I, I was ready to put all my chips in and Kyler was the guy I was looking to sell off of even before he got hurt. So I was like, sell Kyler for Trevor plus. And a lot of people took that advice and it was fucking money. And it's just because, you know, you got to see that stuff coming. So, you know, I think we've been pretty right with a lot of rankings. I'm also, you said it, man, be ready to be wrong. I'm ready to change my mind. Like I would, I look at Kyler, you know, and I, I can move him right around that CJ Stroud and Bryce young. I, I feel that because though they're, they're sort of like, 
you know, we're unsure of them. I think Anthony Richardson we're unsure of too, but the ceiling case is just too much for us to ignore. It's the Justin Fields, Jalen Hurts thing where he's just so fucking athletic that he can do things with his legs, even if he's not a good quarterback. And with his draft capital, it's going to hold him to some opportunity. So for those reasons, I still would take Anthony Richardson over Kyler for sure. But uh, anyway, that's where I'm at. I, I, I think we're I think we beat the the dead horse, so to speak. One other place that you and I had a difference, and I'm ready to argue out with this one. For me, Jalen Hurts is a, is a tier two all by himself dynasty asset right now. Um, I, I, and I was surprised to see you have both Allen and Burrow ahead of him, and Burrow in the two slot. Defend yourself with this awful take. Oh wow. Um. <laughs> Burrow, Burrow, I mean, Jalen Hurts is, is amazing, right? But for all the reasons why I'm starting to now get nervous about Konami quarterbacks is the fact that their upside is Im- immense, but the risk is also uh, something that, that balances it out. And Joe Burrow is nothing but a champion and a winner. I mean, this, guy, this guy's longevity in the league, the way I view him, he's not Patrick Mahomes. But he's going to be going toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes for the next decade. You know, like that's the type of player I can really base the the today, right? And again, going back to the immediate impact and value, he's throwing balls to Jamar Chase and uh, T. Higgins. And I mean, you know, we don't know what's going to happen with T. Higgins, but he's throwing the ball to two of the best receivers in the game. And not to say that Jalen Hurts isn't, right? Um, but. I just know that Joe Burrow is going to have a long career balling out. I mean, there's no question about it, right? Yep. And Jalen Hurts, he had an incredible season last year. And I think he is in that second tier with Burrow and Allen. Yep. But I ju- And the reason I, I moved him up is I was in a startup earlier this offseason, and I, I had the second pick in a Superflex draft. And I didn't have Patrick Mahomes. And it was between Burrow, Allen, and Hurts. And I took Burrow. Because wow. I had I had zero Burrow, and I did the calculus, and I said, well, it's, it's a league where Burrow is going to be playing really great for the next few years for sure, yep. and his future outlook is looking just as good. Like, there's nothing that tells me that it's going to fall off. Jalen Hurts, I, I'm not – I'm sold on him, right? And I've always been a fan of him since his rookie year. I had, I had overexposure, I mean, to the extent that it was actually a good thing, but I had a lot of them. But I just not – let's just say I'm 95% to 98% sold. Joe Burrow, I'm 101% sold, right? Yeah. It's like – No, that, yeah. that, that's actually fair. Like if you're going to say, you know, there's – of those two players, one of them is in five years is not a starter in the NFL. Which one is it? you got to pick Hurts, you know? Yeah. You, you got to like, I, I'm with you a thousand percent on that. Like if, if you said that to me, I'd be like, ah, fuck, really? That's true. Well, is it an injury? No, it's not an injury. It's like, oh, really? Well, I think it's probably hurts then, you know, like if the guy doesn't start for the NFL in five years, I, which I don't think either of them won't. But if you told me one of them didn't. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Joe Burrow is the sort of, you know, sure bet for sure. So for those reasons, I understand it. I just think that Jalen Hurts, we talked about that early 2023, like win your league. Now, granted, Burrow can win your league too. I'm not saying he can't, but boy, with that that team that Philly's bringing back and the way Hurts played and they didn't outlaw the rule where he can play rugby on fourth down and mm-hmm. like 
on first and goal and all that shit. I mean, that's almost like another like factor. I mean, I know it sounds stupid, but it's not. <laughs> it's not. This kid, I mean, that's an unstoppable play. And of course, they should have changed the rule. Like, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, I think it's so, right? Play, I mean, that, right? That, that, that benefits like one player literally in the entire league, and it's it's basically Jalen Hurts. So, um, you know, and I, I, I think I, I think just you talking and, and you kind of putting me at gunpoint, you know, I, I think that Jalen Hurts belongs ahead of Josh Allen, right? I think yes. if, if we're looking at like age and production and weapons around him and the offensive line that Jalen Hurts has, right, I think it does make sense to bump him up. But again, like – you know, again, I think we're splitting hairs a little bit, but For I'm going sure. to, I'm standing, I'm standing my ground that Joe Burrow is going to be tied to one of the best, if not the best, uh, receiver in the game for a long time. And for that reason, uh, I'm going to stick with, um, yeah, Joe, Joe Burrow. Well, that's interesting because, of course, you know, that will move Jalen Hurts back up to the consensus uh, quarterback, too, uh, <laughs> when you move. <laughs> I'm only teasing it, right? Because the math there. But maybe yeah. that will also your argument maybe makes me want to move Burrow over Allen. It's certainly a conversation. And of course, when you're talking about the top like this, it's kind of like, well, oh, uh, who gives a shit? I mean, in some ways it's actually kind of true, especially with those four guys. After that, um, you know, I, I was inclined to move Lamar Jackson there. And uh is that where you have Lamar or do you have Herbert? I have so after after that, you know, that top four. I have Lawrence, Herbert, and Jackson in the tier as well, right? So, yeah. like, that's, like, the third tier going down. And Trevor, like, like the arguments you made for Trevor Lawrence, like, he's – a year from today, we can do this net pod once again. If if you told me I have Trevor Lawrence in the top three or top four, I'd say you're, you're you know, like, you're spot on. Like, you know, right. like, that, that that's, yeah. that's probably going to happen. Right. We don't know what's going to happen with Josh Allen. We don't know if he's going to continue to run. There's always already reports out of Buffalo that he's not going to run as much and they're going to change the offense a bit. Uh, we don't, I mean, Stefan Diggs is still there, but, you know, Buffalo's hasn't been adding to the receiving core like, like we would hope so. And Trevor Lawrence is continuing to rise. And like Herbert, he has some really strong weapons as well. So it's going to be interesting to see really in a year from now yes. how that top, five-ish quarterbacks shakes out and you know it's gonna be it's gonna be fun it's be fun to debate this for the next year yeah i think everybody sort of agrees with the top seven i don't you know we were just did, you did a startup i did a startup of course we're never in the same startup because we don't want to play each other um but um but the top seven i, I think feels sort of solved um you know and then i, I just want to move to another spot in the quarterback rankings where i find it kind of interesting because it's like after top 15, which is the three rookies, Kyler, Tua, Dak, Deshaun, Justin Fields rounds out the top 15. Okay. And then for, for some, it's very interesting. Like, um, you know, what's his name? Titties are real wants Jared Goff there. He thinks he's going to get a contract and like, he's, you know, he's got a pretty good team there. Like, you know, I, I don't hate that. I have uh, Jared Goff at quarterback 20. I actually have Geno Smith as the sort of quarterback one of the, of the quarterback twos, if you will, you know what I mean? Like as soon as you get there, it's like, wait, who am I going to take next? I've got Gino and I've got Gino, Kirk cousins, then Daniel Jones. And I know there's a lot of people who are like, Daniel Jones is younger. What are you crazy? How could you have Daniel Jones behind Gino and Kirk cousins? And I hear that argument, 
But I don't know, man. G- Daniel Jones scares me a little bit because he was not all that prolific as a passer. He kind of got there for fantasy as a runner. He had like almost 800 yards rushing. Um, I do believe he can do that again for fantasy, but that doesn't necessarily make him an effective passer at the NFL level. And for that reason, I have him a little bit lower. I think actually, you know, for fantasy, he's right there. I've got no issues with it, but I think I trust Geno as a, you know, a future quarterback. You know, look, I think what I'm getting at is once you get here, if you're trying to project more than two or three years, you're probably doing it wrong anyway, because none of these guys, none of these guys are insulated to opportunity three years from today. Absolutely, man. Like, you know, I had I had cousins, I had a Geno, but I think just listening to you, right, is it's, it's forcing me to, you know, bump up Geno to like that, you know, yeah, the QB one of the QB twos, right? Like, yeah. like Somewhere. he's he's kind of you know, heading up that class. And I do have, you know, Kirk Cousins and Daniel Jones right there in the same tier again, you know, like we're, we're lockstep there. And, and then you get into like the Pickett's and the Purdy's and the Mac Jones and the Goffs and, you know, the Russell Wilson's, the Rogers car, right. That's like a whole nother messy, messy tier that it's like every day I wake up, it's like, oh, I don't know. Like I, I am I over Mac Jones? Am I not, you know, um, Jared Goff, like, you know, he's, he's, shown pretty well in Detroit, right? It's kind of like a mini resurgence of sorts, but you know, like who knows like what happens with him. Um, but right. going back to Gino. Yeah. Yeah. I think he had a strong case because Seattle, they didn't take a quarterback either. Right. Like, right. like they didn't look at, they looked at quarterbacks and they kind of played. He's the also game. been awesome. Yeah. Like he's been really, really good. Like, you know, all the advanced efficiency metrics, he's like, top fucking 10 like sometimes top five like he's really good they added a passing weapon too really if you count charbonnet too like they're adding offensive weapons around him like i don't know man that division is dog shit i mean outside of san francisco obviously i'm just talking like they're gonna play two terrible defenses in the rams and the aforementioned cardinals like that's four games where i don't know man like he, he's gonna he's gonna eat you know i think that there's gonna be a lot of points scored with two dk metcalf fucking jsn and lock it like that's a that that's probably the best you know three wide receiver set in the league maybe i mean geez louise is that good you know um obviously justin jefferson and me and you are probably a better three wide receiver set than that i know i don't <laughs> don't at me i get it you know you know it's like whoever but um but you get my drift like you know top to bottom that's a really good passing game you know i think it's interesting because like you know usually you're trying to like move youth up Right. You know, it's like, well, this guy's younger, so we move him up. But I think in this in this range, it's almost like a redraft, like because whoever's going to score points this year is is fine. Like because whoever's going to score points this year is also going to be more likely to have a job next year. You know, so once you're past this point, like don't overthink it, like who the fuck's going to be good this year and just go that route. And in that vein, I would ask you, Brock Purdy. Yeah, man. Hey, man. Like. I'm gonna ride this wave, man, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take this victory lap real soon, man. I'm already starting. I'm already tying up my Nikes. I'm at the track right now, and I'm about to take laps around all the Trey Lance truthers, throwing rocks at my glass house, um, you know. And you know, shout out to the to the partners over at uh, P- Player Profiler. We did the draft kit, and I mean, lo and behold, right? I wrote about Brock Purdy. Uh, that was my player that I picked and I, and I, I planted my flag and I have him as a top 20 quarterback in dynasty right now. Um, and I, I think he's tied to a pretty awesome offense with 
a lot of playmakers probably got the best set of all around offensive playmakers and, and weapons out of pretty much any quarterback, really. If you're looking at the entire offensive scheme and, and the players involved and uh, he showed out well, man, like, you know, and all the reports, everything that comes out every single day is something positive about Brock yeah. Purdy. Um, he's like, you know, <laughs> the only thing he doesn't have is draft capital, but who cares when you're producing? Like that, that doesn't matter. You know, yeah. he's producing. Yeah. It's funny, man. Like, you know, the, I, I wonder how high I want to put him. Like there is a point where I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Be careful now. You know what I mean? But like, okay. So, you know, Brock Purdy or Jared Goff, Brock Purdy or Daniel Jones. Right. So, I mean, we, w- neither of us are going to put him ahead of Geno Smith or Kirk Cousins. Right. Yeah. No. Right? So I, I, yeah. I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't. Okay. And I'm not, I'm not putting him over even, you know, a, a Kenny Pickett right now. Right. Like I have him back to back. Right. right? Like, and like, and like, I, I had Purdy a little bit lower actually earlier today, but uh, I just recently, you know, just kind of moving him up looking at my rankings. Um, I mean, Brock Purdy or Mac Jones? Who who would you take? I, I mean, it's close. I would take the guy that fell to me, which was Mac Jones, but but, but, um, <laughs> but probably Brock Purdy. I think. I mean, it's it's really close. But I mean, that offense is better. They love him there. You know, it's like, dude, the the Patriots just re-signed Devontae Parker today. Like, the Patriots are a whack fucking situation. Like, I I'm like. They do stuff, and I'm like, um, what, dude? Like, they're crazy. Like, what are you doing with with Devontae Parker? So I'm, like, always so confused as to what in the hell they're doing. So, you know, whereas in San Francisco, you're not. And, you know, I think I said on the last pod, I don't know if you heard it, but I was like, you know, if if, if San Francisco loved Trey Lance, like, if they really did, they'd have been like, dude, we would have won the Super Bowl if we had Trey Lance. And they'd been like, as soon as Brock Purdy was hurt, they'd be like, it's all right, we're – Trey Lance will be back out for week one. As soon as Purdy's ready, we'll see if he can compete for a job. But Trey Lance is our guy. Let's go. That was not the narrative. They almost immediately after he hurt his elbow were like, oh, fuck it. Uh, I mean, geez, I can't believe it. As soon as he's better, he's the starter. It was like, what? Like, yeah. They were like, no, Purdy's the starter even with no arms. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> exactly, man. Like, we don't even know if this guy has a fucking arm. And we're like, nope, he's a starter for sure, 100%. Don't even worry about it. Yeah, man. I, I mean, that type of vote of confidence and they haven't let down. And, you know, I mean, whether there was actual, you know, trade rumors around Trey Lance or if it was all fabricated or whatever, but like it's still coming out like someone's saying something like, you know, uh, and it's c- constantly coming out in, in the media. Yeah. Right. And sure. it's like all signs are point, pointing to Purdy's going to be the starter if he's healthy. And if he is, then it's his job to lose. And until he loses that job, I, I want him in my team, and I'm going to start him. Yes, like I, I may regret this and say, oh, I had him at quarterback 20. And, you know, fast forward, you know, four months from now or five months from now. And I'm like, damn, like he's not even cracking the top 30 right now. You know, right. like, you know, that's possible, right? If he doesn't come totally. back, like, you know, or, you know, doesn't come back the way we think he is. And then Trey Lance, you know, gets a shot and, he shows out. Um, I don't think that's likely to happen, but it's definitely in the realm of possibility. It, it could happen, right? But I'm looking at what is he going to do? I'm, I'm expecting him to play early on in the season and pick up where he left off and dump off to CMC, pass it to Kittle and, you know, Debo and Ayuk and, you know, they, I mean, they got so many players um, and they got an awesome defense to keep 
Purdy off the field too, right? The yeah. defense is going to help. I mean, so situation-wise, he's in a great situation, and you know, he's talented. So, and, and you know what's crazy? He was a rookie, you know? I mean, we yeah. sort of gloss over that because, you know, we say seventh round and Super Bowl and Trey Lance, and the thing that never sort of gets talked about is that was his rookie season. So, like, yeah, I'll give you all that. So <clears throat> let's move to running back. I think it's the toughest – it's the toughest one to to put guys in the right spot. I think it really fucking is, man. You know, I, I was looking and I was gonna I was gonna actually count how many twenty five and twenty six year old running backs there are, but there's a lot of them. Like, you know, there's a lot of twenty five and twenty six year old running backs. Like, it's crazy. Uh, you know, Tony Pollard and Ramondre Stevenson and Najee Harris, Josh Jacobs, right? You know, it's just like one after the other. It's just like they're all right in that sort of spot there's there's not a lot of aging you know superstars even Barkley and McCaffrey as they're aging but they're not like old yet they're like right there you know and it's like it's so hard to put these guys in the right spots there's contracts to consider there's you know how successful the team is there's there's player health um you know the projections for 2023 what's going to happen in 2024 Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Is a is a big name like Dalvin Cook going to be there? Like, there's dude. The Jets are the leading, you know, um, you know, odds, uh, leading odds to get Dalvin Cook when they already have Brees Hall. Like, that affects Brees Hall, man. You know, it's like what the hell? So there's so much that you have to wade through to try and figure out. You know, I put our running back rankings up on the on this, you know, on Twitter and said, what's wrong with them? And basically, it was like everybody said something different and that was like you know you know what i mean like we got picked on for the kyler thing i think a little bit which i loved i thought it was great i I really enjoyed it but um i was looking for like a through you know a a a thread through the the line of what we were doing on on running backs i was like no there's none nobody has a thing where it's like everybody said this guy or whatever like that's why it's so difficult so there's help me help me make sense of it like how do you view the dynasty running back landscape oh man it's such a mess dude like even like even having the top two guys and Bijan and Brees up there like I just I don't love it either you know like I I just don't I just don't know man like got JT and CMC they're still studs and you know like if you said JT is the RB1 or Christian McCaffrey is the RB1 dynasty like I'd be like cool yeah I'd be like okay Cool. I mean, I don't, I'm, well, I can't argue that, you know? And then, right. um, you know, and then after like those top four guys, right. Then it gets kind of gets weird, right. You got Josh Jacobs and he got like a holdout situation and it's really Jacobs and Barkley, right. Like they're kind of in their own tier. They're both studs and they're both, mm, you know, like maybe not the most durable players. They're getting older. Um, the team doesn't seem like they want to give that second contract, you know, willingly, uh, both on the tag. And then it just gets like even weirder. You got Gibbs and Walker and Etienne and then Pollard, Eckler. It just, you just go down the line and it's like, you can tell me flip these guys or move this guy up and move this guy down all the way through like the top like 15, 15. to 17 guys, yep. you know, or so. <laughs> yep. That's and right. I, I really wouldn't argue. It's, I wouldn't argue with you. You know, like I almost, yep. when I was doing my dynasty rankings and t- putting them tiers, I almost wanted to put like seven through 15 in like one tier, like yes. screw it, you know, like, well, it's like, funny because a lot know. of people were like telling us, Oh, Eckler's too low. And I'm like, I agree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I have them there. When I look at them, I'm like, I want to move them up. And then when I move them up, I'm like, well, that moves someone else down. I don't want to put them there. Like nobody belongs at, at 14. 
Like Eckler's there. Well, okay, we'll move him up. Then Chubb's there. We'll move him up. Then Najee's there. We'll move him up. Then Josh Jacobs there. Move him up. Then Kenneth Walker's there. Like who? Do, nobody deserves to be at RB fourteen. Like nobody, because whomever yeah. you move up or down. Okay, you don't like Etienne. Well, I don't love Etienne either, but he's also twenty two. So is he? Are we sure he's not going to have a great year? Like that offense is going to be dope, and everybody's like Tank Bigsby. It's like. Fuck, I don't know, man. Is Tank Bigsby any better than anybody else? I don't we don't know exactly how good Tank Bigsby is. I mean, especially as a he's definitely not a pass game weapon. You know, um Noah Hills came on the pod and and debunked that uh that myth because, you know, he had a lot of catches and he lined up in the slot a lot, but he had like a negative one point two A dot and was like, ah, he's just not a pass game weapon. He, he you know, he can catch a pass if you throw it to him, but he, you know. At the end of the day, J. Michael Hasty's a better pass game weapon. And if Travis Etienne isn't a better pass game weapon than uh, Bigsby, then he's got bigger problems. Um, I know they didn't use him that way, but who knows? I, so, yeah, he's a question. Tony Pollard has RB1 overall upside. I grant you that. He's also 26 and playing on, you know, you know, one-year deal basically. Like, Zeke could come back there. Like, there's so many questions. I love Ramondre. I, you know, Ramondre en- ended up being, um, you know, fourth in um, – uh, in running back rankings in my projections, which, you know, doesn't mean that's how I'm going to rank them. But like his his um, volume upside is huge. There's nobody really behind him. I don't think they're going out to sign anybody. So it's like Kevin Harris and Ty Montgomery and Pierre Strong. It's like nobody's going to command, you know, touches away from Ramondre and, uh, out of the, that group. So Ramondre could move up. You could tell me Ramondre is a top five. I'd be like, sure, whatever. That sounds great. Uh, Jameer Gibbs is unknown. There's just so much there. I think – if you're really playing in this in this in this area, I say if someone disagrees with you, just trade them for profit. You know, flip ETN mm-hmm. for Eckler and get profit. Flip this guy for that guy and get profit. Like, just swap it out. Like, you know, I think that's just as good a move as anything because there's just so many questions. And of course, guys that we love like Javante Williams. Well, Javante is fucked because his knees spaghetti as far as we know i mean we have no idea if he's coming back last three guys we saw come back from this um you know dobbins saquon and dalvin all had bad years on their way back so i'm not too excited for javante this year and that necessarily moves him down Uh, i love cam Akers, but dude he was almost out of the league almost or something like who knows like there's just so many questions deandre swift former you know RB2 overall in Dynasty is now like, you know, traded for a fifth round pick swap and, you know, the third running back in in Philly, or he's a stud in Philly. We have no idea. Like, you know, the the Philadelphia backfield is a situation. I will ask you, what do you think is going to happen in Philadelphia? Because our boy and the GOAT, uh, you know, came out and said Kenny Gainwell could lead that back. Oh, no, excuse me. He said there's a pathway to Kenny Gainwell leading that backfield in touches this year, which I don't necessarily disagree with, but that would also surprise me. What, what do you think about that Philadelphia backfield, my friend? Yeah. Um, I was actually talking um, about it with Muzio earlier, earlier. And, you know, I think, I think Swift and Penny are both extremely, you know, injury risk. Yeah. And I doubt that, I, I doubt that both playing a full season. So yeah, there's a path and possibility that Ken, Kenneth Gainwell, uh, you know, outperforms his ADP by, you know, a decent margin. But I think, I think Swift is going to be seeing, you know, 50 targets, you know, around there and he's going to get a decent amount of carries. I think Penny's going to get 
the higher volume or higher uh, carry rushing share uh, out of those two. And I think they're going to kind of cannibalize each other a bit, right? I think Mm. Swift will come out on top this year in terms of fantasy points just because of those targets, right? Uh, But Penny's going to have probably the rushing, you know, uh, the edge in the rushing yards. And um, Jalen Hurts is going to take a lot of those goal line touches and those those goal line touchdowns. But I think Penny will be that goal line back. Right out of out of those yeah. out of those players, so you know, the only reason I don't have Penny much higher uh, in Dynasty than I probably should is because like I don't trust him to stay healthy more than I would trust someone like, um, you know, uh, DeAndre Swift. But um, and that's the reason why I have him quite a bit lower, and um, you know, and he he is older than Swift as well. So, um, but I think looking into this year. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see, you know, who who kind of survives and but they're both going to miss games. It's so hard to <clears throat> excuse me, it's so hard to um project targets in that offense because last year there were, you know, look, people will talk about um uh, Miles Sanders and say, "Well, he's not really a pass catcher." Dude, I think had 50 targets his rookie season. So, you know, he d- does kind of pro- profile as a pass catching running back and we'll we're going to see Miles Sanders in Carolina and see if that's true. Cause I think, you know, uh, Bryce young should be targeting the running back a bit more than uh, certainly a lot more than, than hurts. And that's kind of the point with this offense is like you have two guys in, you know, Swift and Gainwell who kind of make their money as pass catching backs yet. Um, Philadelphia was second worst in the league and targeting the running back. I think only like 60 something running back targets last season total for the team and, you know, I gave um, DeAndre Swift like 48 targets. Well, that's almost all of them. And then like, well, that's not a lot for him, you know. Um, but you got to figure that, you know, I, I think I gave Gainwell 26. Okay, well, that's more than they did last year. And then Penny with like a few, like 15 or 20. It's like, that's already way more, you know. And if you, what are you going to do? You're going to take targets away from Devontae Smith, Goddard, and A.J. Brown? You know, you you got to put them someplace, and you know the pathway for you know for DeAndre Swift to have gotten a hundred targets in Detroit with Jared Goff was a hundred percent there. It's not there in Philly. I mean, if it is, it's like a complete outlier of epic proportions. So, how does DeAndre Swift make his way on that team? I want to believe, but I just don't see it. Yeah, no, it's it's going to be interesting, and 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 Hurst doesn't necessarily, like you said, check down so. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting one, right? And and Swift, you know, just looking at him, just continues to kind of fall in my rankings. I mean, I, I just dropped him today, as you know, just kind of talking talking over with you and just looking at these tiers, and you know, he's he's kind of on that precipice of like, man, like I don't want to be in that tier, right? Like you're, oh. you know, like one bad season or one more injury, you know, away from you know, falling out of the top 30, you know, I mean, just dropping yes. out, you know, you yeah. know, quickly, quickly. So, um, yeah, su- super, super interesting situation with the running back landscape, uh, in dynasty for sure. Can I ask you a question? This is, this is a serious question. All right, ready? Put you on the spot. Cause you haven't even heard this question ever before in your life. Who is the better running back? In a vacuum, not an actual like a like a real vacuum, but like the the saying a vacuum. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Not if they were running in a vacuum, because that's weird. That would be a whole different like metaphysical question. What I'm saying is, devoid of their situation, who's a better NFL running back? 
Alexander Madison or Khalil Herbert? Hmm. I would say Khalil Herbert. Right? And so I agree. Okay. I think Alexander Madison's probably a better pass catcher. I mean, we've never really seen it with Khalil Herbert, which for that reason means it's probably Madison, but it's also like he's played on that Chicago team that doesn't throw the football either. But I agree with you. Certainly on a per touch basis, Khalil was like the second best behind Chubb last year. So he's probably a better runner. And Madison's like career four yards of carry. So nothing to write home about with Madison, but he's a pretty well-rounded player. Okay, fine. So I agree with that. They both have pretty wide open, you know, backfields. I mean, people will say like Roshan Johnson and Dante Foreman. It's like, well, come on, guys. Nobody was like fucking riding those trains like last year. I mean, there's a rookie and Dante Foreman who everybody's like, you know, Achilles injury fucking poster boy. Now, all of a sudden, they all want to make him a fucking pro bowler. So easy does it. And Madison's got nobody. A six-round rookie and a couple of, you know, also rands. So, I mean, I think Alexander Madison does have a, a, a more wide open sort of uh, view of opportunity, but they seem to be, you know, people are steaming up Alexander Madison. Who would you rather have in Dynasty, Khalil Herbert or Alexander Madison? It's a trick question. I don't even know the right answer. But no, I, I think I'd I think I'd rather have Alexander Madison right now yeah. um, in Dynasty. I, I know I said Herbert's a better runner, but Madison, better situation, better path to uh, volume and points. So I, I, I'd lean Madison uh, in Dynasty, and I have them separated by, you know, a solid tier. I mean, a solid tier with difference. Yeah. Okay. All right. I was just trying to move my, my boy Khalil Herbert up, and I just yeah. really want Khalil Herbert to smash Alexander Madison this year. But, uh, yeah, I don't know that it will that will happen but it's like you know you see good players and you're like dude can that good player go ahead and play like we did it with aaron jones i feel like you know that was that was the guy before we're like dude why isn't aaron jones playing and they'd be like yeah no we don't play him we don't like we don't like playing aaron jones it's like well why not you know so aaron jones was that guy now it's now i feel like it's khalil herbert you know so i'll just ride the khalil herbert train until it you know it happens for him but um yeah all right fine you win all right i'll let you have it um, Antonio Gibson is another guy in dynasty that I think is pretty interesting. Uh, they, they moved Brian Robinson gunshot wound and all ahead of him last year. And, uh, do you think that's going to happen again? Um, I, I think, I think Brian Robinson is going to be the early down back, but I think Gibson's going to definitely be a lot more interesting this year, uh, yeah. in, 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 in Washington and, um, I, I think Gibson's a, a value in Dynasty. I mean, people, I think people are getting smart now, right? And, and it's probably going to be harder to, to kind of squeeze him away. But um, yeah, it was he was right for the picking, uh, you know, not not too long ago. And um, right. I think I think he's going to see, see a good amount of targets, and I think he's going to be a fun player. And I think I think he can recapture uh, some of that hype again. So um, looking forward to that and. Uh, I do, I do, I would say I prefer Gibson over Brian Robinson, uh, you know, if, if we're going to kind of put them together. We, we, we have to go Gibson just because, I mean, they're just as likely to lead the backfield in any way. Like to me, it's a coin flip a little bit, but we're very, very certain that uh, Gibson's going to get the targets. Like, yeah. you know, there's, there's almost zero chance that, you know, Brian Robinson is in the, in the game, you know, in two minute drills and shit like that. Like it doesn't even compute. So for that reason, you got to, you got to lean targets. Yep. <laughs> Plus, you know, Antonio Gibson could 
you know, be the sort of bell cow alpha. I don't see that necessarily coming back, but it's that's actually possible because if he all he has to do is sort of earn some more early down stuff. Like if he just gets 10 to 15 carries, as long as he can sort of secure the pass game work plus, you know, 10 plus carries a game, he's he's there. That's all we need. It's just when he's getting nothing, you know, it's like, oh my God. So uh, would you rather have uh, Khalil Herbert or Antonio Gibson in Dynasty? Oh, Gibson, Gibson. Oh, okay. All right. So, all right, fine. Yeah. You don't like Khalil Herbert. Fine. fine. No, I do. Just, I do. I just. No, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Tell me my family's awful and ugly and everything too. Yeah, just uh, go ahead. Yeah, I wonder who the hey Chalky. I wonder who the who the uh, wide receiver version of Khalil Herbert is. Anyway, oh, that's a good one, huh? Yeah, we maybe we got <laughs> we got dive into that and figure out um, who the who, who is it. Who's the wide receiver version of Khalil Herbert? Does he exist? You know what I mean? I don't even know. I don't even know if he exists. But let's find out. Uh, let's let listen. You know, I think running back is is kind of a mess. And then, you know, if I can talk about wide receivers just real quickly from like a 30,000 foot view, it's like, doesn't it feel like it's like you're like picking elite players, elite players, elite players. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, shit, it's like it, there's a like a I don't know for me, probably it's somewhere around like wide receiver 15 to 20. I don't know. Somewhere in there, all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't know who to rank next. There's like a certain top. It's kind of like uh, running back to that to that degree a little bit. It's like there becomes some nebulous second tier, and you know guys like Brandon Ayuk are in there, and Chris Godwin, and you know, and it's like all of a sudden I'm not exactly sure. Um, you know, so you could talk me into moving guys up and down throughout there. Do you kind of feel the same way? You know, I because as you're saying that, right, you're just about to land in, in a range. I was looking at my ranking and I was like rankings and I, I was thinking to myself, yeah, it's like that 20 ish range. Like once you kind of get past 15, like once you get past the Drake London's and the DK's and the, you know, yes. JSN's, it, it kind of drops or it gets, it gets definitely nebulous. It gets a little shaky, right? You got DJ Moore and Godwin who we love, but yeah. you know, advanced in age a little bit now. And, um, the offenses, like we're not too sure. I mean, I know DJ Moore is with Justin Fields, and I mean, you know, that that's interesting. We, you just mentioned Ayuk. Then you got like Christian Watson. And I was going yeah. back and forth on Christian Watson with uh, Muzio, and you know, I know we just mentioned that I was I was chopping up with him. Um, yeah, you got Christian Watson. You got the rookie receivers like Addison and Q, uh, Quentin Johnston, Michael Pittman, and. Terry McLaurin, right? Like it just gets kind of weird, you know? Um, I will, I will say that for me, Jordan Addison is the sort of the linchpin between the haves and the have nots. Like, you know, I, I, it's, I'm sure you'd look at it the same way. Like Steph Diggs, Cooper cup, Devonte Adams. Like it's kind of like, they're like a, you could throw Tyreek Hill in that too. Although I think Tyreek has a little bit more of that, like, crazy upside especially because of where he should end up this year maybe cooper cup too but he's a little older coming off an injury riddled season and even though cup has the ceiling it's kind of like i don't know i feel like he's a little bit more risky i don't know why i feel that way that may not be true i don't know that that's true it just feels that way but in any event you have those sort of older players and then like so that kind of rounds out the top 17 for me you know drake london is in there right but like then it's Jordan Addison, and then for me, it's kind of everybody else. And you mentioned Christian Watson. Um, Christian Watson, 
you know, I want to love him because it's the type of player like it's fun to cheer for, you know, uh, small school guy, super fast. Like he's, you know, he's just sort of slick out there. But the touchdown, you know, point scoring from last year is a little scary, especially when you consider, you know, when we do our projections, look, we're not thinking that a Jordan Love led offense is going to be as prolific as an Aaron Rodgers led offense. And so therefore, if the touchdowns fall and if the deep target accuracy falls and, you know, if the interceptions go up and the drives start to struggle a little bit more, uh, you know, Christian Watson might suffer, not because he's good or bad, but just because of that offense and the percentage that he gets of it could be a smaller piece because the offense isn't as good. Does that is that kind of what scares you with Christian Watson or is it more of a player take? No, it's uh, you literally like said exactly what I told Billy because Billy's mm. pretty bullish on Christian Watson, and I like the player like like you said right like yeah. you know deep threat big play splash play guy burner I mean he could burn take the top off the He's defense so like yeah. right I mean he blew up the combine yep. um, right any given game he could put up two touchdowns like and he did last year but. Like, as we know, touchdowns are not sticky. There's a decent chance that he's not going to repeat that touchdown scoring from last year, right. especially given, like you said, Aaron Rodgers to Jordan Love. That's quite a drop, no matter how washed you think Aaron Rodgers is. Right. The one thing Aaron Rodgers can do is deliver the deep ball on target on time consistently. Yep. And we don't know if Jordan Love can do that. I mean, personally, I doubt he can do that to the extent that Aaron Rodgers can and did. Um, so, and that's what Christian Watson thrives on, right? He thrives on those big plays. And if he's not getting those big plays down the field, is he going to repeat that type of explosive season? I don't, I, 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 I don't think so. With that said, you know, I have him right there at wide receiver 21 in my dynasty rankings. And uh, in my projections, I had him, almost similarly projected like he's gonna be kind of in that 20-ish range um yeah with that said can he have a top 10 season absolutely like i i think it's possible is it gonna have is it gonna happen in 2023 i wouldn't bet on it like i would definitely not bet my money on that happening but if he told me in two years two and a half years christian watson is a wr1 in dynasty I may not be surprised, right? If Jordan Love can develop or they get another quarterback or something happens, I wouldn't be surprised. Although uh, those factors we just talked about and then add in Romeo Dobbs, who was, eh, you know, mad best, but, you know, he's getting some hype just like every other player is getting hyped in the offseason. You got Jaden Reed, our boy, our boy. Uh, getting drafted. And I don't expect too much from Jaden Reed, but, hey, he's another playmaker on the team. And then you got two rookie tight ends that also may become a safety valve. Yeah. Uh, so too many things going on over there in Green Bay. Well, and Aaron and, Jones. Aaron Jones, yeah. you know, should be a, a target for you know a young quarterback who you know presumably is not going to be prolific, you know, out the box. I mean, even if he's great, even if he turns out to be you know an above average quarterback, you know, a top fifteen, top you know twelve quarterback in the NFL, which I am. Highly dubious, but it's possible. I will grant that. You know, he's got look. He's got a great arm. Love has a a, a you know a very you know 
uh, I don't know what you'd call it, a lively arm. That's what he has, right? You know, it, it, it comes off the hand pretty good. You know, it, it flies out of there. So, I mean, he does have the sort of physical gifts. I just don't know that he's got, you know, he's he's been a high interception rate guy, both in college and in the pros. So, you know, that's always scary. And I think that's, you know, only he's got to get a lot better in order to be, you know, sort of sturdy as a starter. But then I wonder about Jaden Reed because, you know, he's got draft capital, same, you know, not the exact same, but pretty similar to Christian Watson plays a different style. He actually plays a style that should out target. Like he's sort of the Chris Godwin and Watson's the Mike Evans, you know, I mean, they're not exactly the same type of player, but you know, Watson outside deeper threat, deeper target, um, although he looks really good when he's on a crosser because he's so hard to keep up with. But, you know, Jaden Reed could be a volume play. And, you know, if that does happen, if they sort of have similar target shares, that's really bad for Christian Watson. I think, you know, for, for Christian Watson to get there for us the, or for, you know, anybody who's excited for him, he kind of has to be the alpha, you know, especially in that yeah. offense. And, yeah, there's some ways where he just doesn't get there, where he's still really good and still really efficient and still really explosive. But if he only sees, you know, look, if he sees 80, 90 targets somewhere in there, then he's Gabe Davis. You know, it's like, well, that's not going to work. And he's Gabe Davis in an offense that isn't as prolific. You know, I know he's a better player than Gabe Davis. I would actually freely admit that. But the point is, is that, you know, that's all you're going to get in terms of production. Uh, What's the upside? Well, it's there. But one of the guys that I have, you know, you know, penciled in as a much, um, you know, much higher my projections and and I would take over Christian Watson. And I don't, I think I'm on an Island. So I would actually make this trade in many situations and get profit is Traylon Burks. Um, do you agree with me that Traylon over Christian Watson, or do you think that's just, you know, sticking to my priors a little bit too much? I think we found the uh, wide receiver version of Khalil Herbert. Man. There we go. I think we did, man. I think I think you uh, unlocked the, uh, the 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 player of the day. Um, I knew I knew uh, it was Burks. I just didn't want to admit it. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I, I, I prefer Watson still. Um, I don't know. Something about Burks scares the hell out of me, and I don't know. I don't know if it's the asthma or you know, it's will Levis as his future quarterback or, you know, I I don't know what it is, but I'm just, I'm terrified by Traylon Burks. Um, I've officially moved completely off of him. Oh, all all my dynasty leagues. I've gotten off of him. And, and um, I would have been there to catch the balloon too. Like all you do is tip it over here and I would have caught it. And I wasn't selling cheap. I was just, people were actually still kind of, you know, high on him. So I was yeah. like, well, you know, okay, well I can, I can recoup value. And like, in some cases kind of, you know, maybe a little bit more than I thought I would, you know, would should be getting. Um, yeah. And I, I got off of him as much as I could. So I do like uh, Christian Watson more than Traylon Burks. And yeah. I had Traylon Burks probably as a high end wide receiver three right now in dynasty like yeah. personally i just I know you do it's it's probably a, one of our biggest disparities in our rankings is the Traylon burks because i like have them in the top 20 you have them at 35 so 19 and 35 yeah. and that's a big difference you know and i think you're closer to adp i think he's somewhere I, I, whatever you know i think he's like 31 ish or something because yeah. like, i was looking yeah. at it and honestly i i think when i settle in my dynasty rankings is you know they're they're in workshop mode right now. 
I'll probably settle in around 28, 29 or yeah. so. Um, but I'm just, I'm just nervous about him because he's one of those players that he kind of, kind of face planted a bit in year one. And if he doesn't have a good second year, then he's in that category of, dude, you had two bad seasons in a row. I mean, you're you know, finding, you, you just stumbled on the guy I did for the player profiler uh, draft kit. I did Traylon. And, oh, yeah. Okay. And so Traylon for me has been a little bit of a guy that I'm I'm buying into because, you know, you said he kind of face planted, but he hurt himself. Like he, he, he had the toe. He couldn't play. Then he comes back. He starts to perform. He actually performed really well. He caught a touchdown pass and got absolutely fucking demolished with a spearing like helmet to helmet hit that gave him a concussion. And he was out for another two, three, four weeks, whatever it was. And then he came back to find Malik Willis playing quarterback. Like the season wasn't exactly like face plant. I would say that, you know, having a foot injury, you know, you know, you're a rookie, you sort of start slow, you start getting it going, you hurt yourself. You come back, you start getting it going, you get fucking speared in the chin. You come back again and it's Malik Willis staring at you. It's like, you know, he never really had had it going, but I thought on a per, you know, uh, I think he was I got to look. He was ahead of oh, I think on a per yards per route run basis, he was ahead of George Pickens and Jahan Dotson. So, you know, it's like he wasn't that bad. You know, we're we sort of have the idea that he did shit for anybody on in fantasy. And that's true. Like he was, you know, he just wasn't usable. So for those reasons, a lot of guys are just off. And I don't blame you. I It is still scary. I mean, even at the end of the day, you didn't perform. And I can make all the excuses I want in the world. But I, I just think right now, I mean, he's – and here's the other thing. Who the hell else are they going to throw it to over there? I do have one guy that I think, you know, a couple guys I like there. But it's like, you know, it's not like he doesn't have the C's parted for him. And, you know, he should be able to easily see a 25% target share there, I would think. Um, I, it looks like they're setting him up to do that. They picked him in the first round. They basically traded A.J. Brown for him, which, you know, was obviously not the exact right move. But we understand why they did it, et cetera. But they're in with him, right? So for those reasons, I think, hey, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen kind of right away. He does get Ryan Tannehill to start. You know, T- Tannehill's certainly underrated and I think could kind of unlock – um, Traylon. So for th- those are the reasons I'm in, if it makes any sense to you. No, hundred percent makes sense. Um, I was listening to you and uh, Pat Fit- Fitzmaurice um, on, on the last episode. And you guys are talking about Traylon Burks. And I mean, I-, I am giving him about the same 25% ish target share yeah. uh, you know, this season, 120 targets. It's a, it's a run heavy offense though. So, you know, yeah. even a quarter of the targets in that offense. Not a ton. Um, not yeah. a ton. I'm still giving him 1,000 thousand yards on the yep. season. I just don't know if he's going to score a ton of touchdowns. Like, I just – I don't know. Yeah. Right? I feel like a lot of it's going to go – you know, and, I, and and he's in that range where – so I have him at wide receiver 36 this season, right? But between wide receiver 36 and – like wide receiver, like 28, 29, it's only like a 10-point difference, to be yeah. honest, right? So it's across 18 or 17-game season. It's like it's a pass here and there, right? It's, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a couple of passes, you know, and then the yards, right? That's going to bump bump them up. I mean, so I think it's in his range of outcome to get to like, you know, a mid, mid-level wide receiver two, right? Getting yeah. into that 
top 20-ish range, I yeah. think it's possible, right? Because it, it is even that that difference. Um, it's like 20 point difference from where yeah. I projected him and to be where wide receiver 20, right? So it's a point a game, really. Yeah, it literally, it's a it's it's a catch with no yards every game, right? Yeah. Over the course of a season. Yes. Um, so it's it is pretty crunched up, like in that range. Um, but I, I just again, yeah, like I'm just nervous. Um, there's a lot of players that I do like ahead of him, even like someone like a Brandon Cooks, who's not even the top option on his team. Yeah, I have him right there. Like I, I obviously I don't prefer Brandon Cooks in Dynasty over Traylon Burks. No, no, Brooks, of course, but, but I get but, your point. Yeah, but in next year, like you know, I think I think Brandon Cooks has a little bit more touchdown appeal, at least to me. You yeah. know, I don't think he's going to have the yards that Traylon Brooks is going to have or the target share, but I think the touchdowns will kind of bump him up a little bit. Um, so Brandon that's where I'm at with Traylon Brooks. Brandon Cooks is a sneaky buy in Dynasty too. I. I don't know. We have him like a, you know, basically wide receiver 48 or something like that. Uh, I've met 46. You have him at 48. Um, and yeah, I mean, and keep trade cut has him as wide receiver 60. So I'm, I'm not sure what his sleeper ADP is or whatever his ADP is, but I, I mean, just in general, I felt like, you know, I think, you know, in read there, there's guys like just the redraft ADP versus the, dynasty ADP or the what you know we talked about at the top of the show man you know this is sometimes you got to value you know 2023 is you know is going to be important and what happens is every single year and I, I I keep my dynasty rankings active all year as as do you we do and what what happens is when we get into the season like after week two if Brandon Cooks has like four touchdowns you're like he moves way up you know it's like because Whoever is good this year is valuable to the teams playing fantasy football. So, you know, it's kind of important to factor in what you think is going to happen into sort of, you know, moving guys ahead of ADP, even in Dynasty, even if they're older, like Brandon Cooks. And I think that's a big one. I would I am much higher on Brandon Cooks in Dynasty than I think the the at least the whatever the hell keep trade cut market is. Yeah, no, I I I agree. I think he's a Sneaky buy in the right leagues. Um, you know, you're going to have a league mates that are valuing him at that wide, rec- wide receiver 60 range. And if we're viewing him, you know, a full tier or so above that, uh, I think yeah. that's, there's opportunity to, to pick him up. Uh, but, you know, there, there's some sharp people out there that they're, they're like, oh, you know, he has Dak throwing him now and he's probably yeah. not going to be, you know, just checked out, um, you know, not wanting to play. Uh, basically like he was in Houston. So, you know, he's, but he's a good player, man. He's just one of those guys that just produces, you know, like, I mean, he's, he's an interesting guy too, because he's been very productive and he changes teams like every year. It's so weird. Like, you know, for someone that, that good and productive that he's so mercurial, like he just changes teams like every year. I think I'm feeling pretty good about having, um, you know, like Jaden Reed and Marvin Mims so far, like as, as some of our flag plant guys, uh, you know, in the off season, I, th- I think I was a little, you were with me on Mims too, right? Yeah. It was, you're, you were admittedly higher on Mims than I was, but I've yes. definitely come around and I do have him, you know, in my top 40 and definitely creeping up. Like, so he's top 40 and got, got a lot of steam um, getting into, you know, this next part of this, this off season. Although, you know, there's been some, 
rumblings that uh, I think came out today, like Tim Patrick's getting yeah. some 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 good noise out there, which is which is great. But you know, he's a little bit more advanced in age, and I think Mims is that first hand selected. I think you, you you told me that, like you know, Sean Payton really likes Mims, and he kind of hand selected uh, Marvin Mims. So you know, yeah. I think there's definitely going to be a a very solid role for him. Uh, yeah, they traded, they traded up for him, and that was the first pick he ever made. So, I mean, yeah. And I think, you know, the writing's on the wall with Cortland Sutton in a multitude of ways. And I'm getting some serious Allen Robinson vibes from Cortland Sutton right now, which is pretty bad because I'm a little over-invested in Dynasty. So the, uh, the, 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 the parachute on Cortland Sutton might be fucking pulled and it's laying on the ground and I'm about to fucking die. Um, you know, I think we've hit the bottom floor with, with, with Sutton. It's scary. I don't know if they're going to trade him, but yeah, the Tim Patrick, they were basically saying that Tim Patrick's the best wide receiver on the team. You know, Jerry Judy has certainly out-targeted Cortland Sutton when they've been on the field together. And, you know, and Marvin Mims is that, you know, that that brand new shiny toy. So with all those guys there, I think Cortland Sutton's the odd man out. And that's terrifying unless he gets traded. And even then, it's not a great thing if he gets traded because it sounds like they've been trying to trade him. And if he hasn't gotten traded, that means maybe nobody wanted to trade for him, which is also terrifying. So yeah, the, the Cortland Sutton thing, I don't think you could have him, you know, low enough in dynasty right now, but Tim Patrick, you know, it's like, who would you rather have? This is a fucking crazy question. Who'd you rather have in dynasty, Tim Patrick or Cortland Sutton? It's crazy. I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I feel like this is where I'm not being Bayesian, right? Like it's like, oh, I'd rather have Corlin Sutton, but it's like, why? I mean, why? I guess yeah, Tim, Tim Patrick. I mean, because Tim Patrick is coming off an injury. I, I guess that's my only argument. Like Corlin Sutton is, I guess, kind of healthier. And yeah, like, it's crazy. You know, it's just nuts, though. The, the the fact that you can ask that question means that you know Tim Tim Patrick's a buy right now, and Corlin Sutton's a sell. You know, just based off that, because you. You, you sensibly couldn't do that. It's one of those things when you when you have the falling, you know, the falling knife. You, knife, you don't want to yeah. be the one catching it. Yeah. You don't want to be the one catching it. You just let it let it fall. Um, yeah, I would I would I would probably let him go for almost anything. I mean, I don't think you could trade Cortland Sutton for much. I don't think you get like Nico Collins for him or anything like that. I've been desperately trying to package up Cortland Sutton as a poison pill. And nobody and wants it. No one wants him. I'm like, dude. Yeah. I've you done know, the same. Like, yeah. like I'm, I'm trying to not even upgrade really, but like, hey, you want this guy? Like this kind of shiny toy? Well, take Corlin Sutton with him, right? And let me get you know a couple pieces back. And yeah. no one wants Corlin Sutton. Like it's just he's so hard to move right now, and it just sucks, man. It and, sucks. and I don't blame them. <laughs> but like, what I'll do is I'll take like I think I sent I forget what I sent. I sent like Brees Hall. Um, Brees Hall, Cortland Sutton, uh, Christian Watson. It was like this big freaking package of stuff, a bunch of stuff that I was kind of skeptical on. Like even Brees, I mean, you know, I'm just trying to sell him at RB2 price, you know. I forget what I was looking for. It was like, it was like a Justin Jefferson. It was like up, you know, but I had this big package of things, you know, um, whatever it was. You know, I think I had a tight end in there, you know, like just stuff. Here's a bunch of stuff. You know, and some of it's really shiny, like Brees Hall. It's like, oh, fuck, I'm getting Brees Hall. And and the guy smartly declined. And it was interesting because, like, a lot of times that that will work where you just put – because you don't really give a shit about Cortland Sutton one way or the other. You don't really care about some of the other pieces. 
so in your mind, it's like Brees Hall and Christian Watson for Justin Jefferson. But you put yeah. in all this other stuff in, second round pick and all yeah, this shit. Yeah, exactly. You exactly. Know? And yeah. you're like, you know, and at the end of the day, they're holding Cortland Sutton going, the fuck do I have this for? You know, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like he's definitely this, that piece that I throw in and it's like, you know, the, the, the inverse chalk squeeze where it's like, Hey, yeah, yes. hey, I'm going to give you some value, man. Like, Hey, this is overpay, you yes. know, like I'm overpaying for Justin Jefferson or, you know, whoever, like, you know, like just kind of looking at my rankings, like, Oh, I'm going to overpay for T Higgins, you know? And yeah, I'm going to throw you a bunch of pieces. Like, and I'm going to throw you Corlin Sutton too. And they're like, now nah, I'm good. Yeah. Like, you're like, here's yeah, seven, here's seven $20 <laughs> bills. There's seven yeah. $20 bills. There's 140 do- bucks here. I mean, yeah. it's easy. Just yeah. give me the hundred dollar bill. Come on. Come on. Give me it. Yeah. It's obviously, yeah. it's, a, it's a good deal for you. Just give me the goddamn hundred dollar bill. Stop yeah. fucking around. And, and the guy's like, wait, yeah. so I get 140 bucks. You're like, yes. He's like, wait, yeah. Yeah, you can have Amari <laughs> and Colton yeah. Sutton yeah. and yes. you know, like I'll give you a, I'll throw in know. Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jalen Hyatt. Yeah. You can have him and, you know, yes. yeah, I'll give you like Wandale Robinson too. And, <laughs> yes. you know, like, like KJ Osborne, I'll give you the second or a third or whatever. Like, so I'll, throw in, I'll throw in Kadarius <laughs> Tony. Let's talk about Kadarius <laughs> Tony because Kadarius has been the hot button, you know, offseason. Sound, look, he's the, he's the um, wide receiver one by way of ADP for the Kansas City Chiefs in redraft and in dynasty for that matter. And I've never been so lukewarm on a wide receiver one for the best passing offense in the league ever. I mean, obviously, Kelsey's the number one target, but he's their quote-unquote number one wide receiver. Are you buying that that's true or just true by ADP and it's probably somebody else? What do you think? I, I think it's true by ADP. And, I, 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 you know, I think he is the wide receiver one. I mean, you know, sans Kelsey, of course. Um but it's like, you know, is he going to stay on the field? And, you know, like there's – the way I even projected Kansas City Chiefs uh, wide receivers this year, it was like him and Sky Moore and like even MVS just like all kind of splitting equally almost in terms of like target share. And then Rishi Rice kind of really close right there. It's almost like a four-way tie – uh, flip a flip a coin <laughs> if it's a yeah. four-sided coin you know and whatever you get you get um uh so i'm not i'm not huge on Kadarius tony like i know he's you know got this like weird body movement and he can just kind of make make defenders miss and it's kind of like this you know playmaker but i don't know i just not sold on him he just seems so gadgety for some yeah. reason and kind of manufactured touches for him and you know, and I think I that's the whole Andy Reid effect. It's yeah. like, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you heard my take that he's the Pinocchio because he's not a real boy. <laughs> he's not yeah. a real wide receiver. You know, the Pinocchio take. I just, I, I yeah, I think that he is gadgety. And I think that that's kind of the point is, you know, people will refer to his target rate and his target rate. Even, you know, Pat Fitzmaurice mentioned that, he, you know, his, his target rate when, you know, when on, when not, when just on the field is like almost 20%, even on run plays. And it's like, I get that, you know, and but I think that once you you extrapolate him out, I mean, even you know, th- this even happened a little bit to Gabe Davis, you know, who was like, oh, he got targeted when he was on the field, and then he played like he played like almost every fucking down last year when he was healthy, and of course he wasn't targeted 
at that rate, he had a you know similar target share, of course, almost twenty percent. But you know, it it wasn't you know it, it didn't extrapolate over over all the snaps. And I think that just happens when you know when a part time player becomes a full time player, especially a guy who's gadgety. I just don't think he'll be a full time player. They do have a lot of players. Justin Ross is the guy I keep circling, man. I think. You know, our boy Scott Barrett, you know, you're aware of the trade we made in, in, in that dynasty league. And it was a lot of fun to, you know, snipe him and then trade with him. And I, you know, I gave up on on Justin Ross. But I think at the end of the day, you know, I got a good price because it was a, you know, love affair. But, you know, the point of the matter is I, was, it, I wasn't messing around. I think Justin Ross has a shot. Um, you know, I, I think range of outcomes, if you're betting, obviously, you know, if it's even money, I'm going to bet against him. But, you know, for an upside play, I really think Justin Ross is the value on that team. Do you agree with that? I think so too. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I mean, I was acquiring him for like a fourth round rookie fourth. Like, I mean, nothing, yeah. you know, like, you know, 1% hit rate. And yeah. I think Justin Ross has a better chance to, of hitting than that. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think he is that best value and, you know, take, take the dart, dart throw on him. I mean, he's still fairly young still. And, um, this is his chance to kind of, you know, you know, make make an impact and make a name a name for himself. Um, and I love that trade for you. You know, I I, I know we we're kind of going back and forth on it. And um, yeah, I love the trade for you absolutely because I think you you definitely got got a good value. And you know, even if Justin Ross hits, like you got the value that he would have been at, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, it was it was a it was a you know it was a fuck it trade for Scott and I, I appreciate it I appreciate it but it was a flip of a second and a third to get Justin Ross back is basically yeah. what it was yeah. so a rookie second I got but I gave him my did, rookie didn't you, didn't you also get Puka though or something I thought you well might've... that's true I did get the next pick which I then took Puka which was crazy yeah, yeah that's true that is yeah. true I you know obviously yeah that's that's a good point so yeah, yeah. Puka hey let while we're here. This motherfucker's getting some steam. And I mean, it like, you know, all he needs to be is good because here's the thing, he's going to get a chance. So if he ends up being good, like this is the Michael Wilson Puka Nakua right now. Let's just go there. Yeah. Those two guys I think are going to be given an opportunity to be good. And if they are, they're going to actually break out. Does that make sense? Like, you know, sometimes a guy can be good. Like Marvin Mims, for example, you know, could be great, but he might not get his chance if he's playing behind the Judy Patrick Sutton thing. Although Sutton looks like he's probably, he's probably going to play over Sutton. That's why I'm starting to like Mims a lot. Cause it sounds like Sutton's dead, but, um, but it may not be true. And he may play behind all those three point being is I think both Puka Nakua and Michael Wilson have a door open. And if they can just kick it open, you know, kick through it, so to speak, they can, they can make a, make a breakout in year one, which will extremely, uh, you know, solidify their value in dynasty. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. They're both in offenses where there's not really much ahead of them. I mean, they both have a wide receiver one or, you know, a, a top receiver on the team. So yeah. Michael Wilson, obviously Marquise Brown and Pukunuko has Cooper cup. We yep. talked about earlier, but other than that, like who's catching the ball, right? And Arizona's <laughs> gonna be bad, yeah. Um, and they're gonna probably be come playing from behind, throwing a lot. So Michael Wilson definitely has a great opportunity to carve out a role, and he's he's different than the rest of the receivers there, right? He's yeah. actually a wide receiver. He's not like some five nine, you know, guy, you know, that's that's fast and twitchy, um, which is basically the rest of the Arizona receiving core. Uh, and then Puka Nuku, yeah, I mean, Cooper Cup, 
you know, you got Tyler Higby's going to get his targets, of course, but then like Van Jefferson, you know, he's, he's there, but you know, he hasn't really done too much. Right. And I mean, Pukunukua could step right in and be the number two option from the wide receiver standpoint. Yeah. And I've had a lot of people, you know, mention the Robert Woods, Pukunukua sort of, they're very similar. And it's true. Puka took a lot of reverses and jet sweeps at, in college and was very effective with those. And that helped Robert Woods value as well. I, I could see him sliding into that role, you know, just playing flanker right alongside, you know, Van Jefferson can play the outside sort of stretch. Who knows who else, you know, can stretch. I mean, Skoranek will play here and there, but yeah, I think it's, I think it's true. And then Michael Wilson, as you point out, the scouts absolutely loved him. He was injured a ton in college, still went round three. Everybody loved him at the senior bowl. Everybody thinks he's, you know, I mean, he's a scout's dream. So if he's any good, which it sounds like he is good. So maybe if he can just stay healthy is the answer, he might be able to, 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 to carve it out. And on both of those teams, uh, Chalk, I've got tight ends that I, I, I see a lot of value in in Dynasty. Both Tyler Higby and Trey McBride um, in our rankings, I think we're well ahead of ADP on uh, on both those players. Um, you know, I, I've been moving Trey McBride. I mean, excuse me, I've had Trey McBride up. I've been moving Tyler Higby up just because I started to think about that offense. And Tyler Higby actually got a lot of a lot of targets last year, and you know, I, I don't think much will change this year. And, you know, if you're playing for 2023, I think Tyler Higby, you know, it's kind of like Dalton Schultz or Tyler Higby. I'm starting to think it might be Tyler Higby over Dalton Schultz. And what do you think of that that nonsense? Yeah, um, I, I could see that, right? Like, I don't – I think I have um, – well, I do have Dalton Schultz. I have Everybody Tyler does. Higby, Everybody but, does. But, That's my point. It's like, but, you know, when you think about it, is that actually correct? That's why I do that because, of course – you know, if you just sort of ask the world ADP, the whole thing, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, Schultz ahead of Higby for sure. But when you think about who will score more fantasy points and who will actually get more targets and potentially more touchdowns and all the rest of it, they're pretty close, I think. I think they are, right? And as you were talking, I was actually bumping Higby up quite <laughs> yeah. a bit, yeah. um, right? Because I was like, oh, yeah, I mean, you know, like I'm actually surprised to have him that low. Right. Uh, so I think, he's, I think he's right there, right behind Schultz. I mean, you know, a, a player or two, you know, if not right behind him, like back to back. I think you can make the case for that, right? Because Dalton Schultz, he was interesting in Dallas, but now he's in Houston. And I, I'm a big CJ Stroud guy, right? I've always been. Um, but still, like, that that offense is going to be somewhat questionable. And the Rams offense, although I, I can't say, like, oh, they're going to be a great team. They won the Super Bowl only a couple of years ago, and Stafford probably healthy, and Higby's going to get his 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 looks. I mean, he's definitely going to get his target share. Um, so I think Higby is a he's one of those players too, where not a lot of people like him regardless of production. Right. Like like you know, I never really liked Higby. Actually, I never me liked either. Higby. Yeah, and he's one of the guys that I was like, ah, I don't I I, I don't want to touch him. You know, I, I don't want to touch him, and. I mean, I just pulled up my projections, and I, funny enough, Dalton Schultz at TE11 and Tyler Higby at TE12, like literally my projections. Right. And I have now, now, you could argue, though, that the the difference is going to be that's, – that's awesome. I'm going to check mine out in just a second. I think I've got them pretty close as well. But um, what's interesting is, of course, you know, uh, Higby's 30. You know, and uh, Schultz is about to turn 27. So, you know, look, if if both of them are just good, then you'd rather have Schultz and Dynasty. I get that. 
Um, but yeah, I've got them pretty close. I've got, you know, I've got actually Tyler Higby at 16 and Schultz at 20. I'm not feeling t- Dalton Schultz in Houston, although I might move him up. I think that may be a little bit, a little bit low, but you know, again, with these tight ends, um, you know, there's 30 points, uh, separating tight end 12 and 22 or what, you know, it's, it's a little bit murky. You know, most of these guys are going to be, you know, between 450 and 850 yards and like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, just not that much going on for the tight ends anyway. So, but that being said, I think, you know, uh, I, I just think Tyler Higby is a guy that I'd move up. The guy that I love, of course, is Trey McBride. I don't think he's going to necessarily set the world on fire, but the more we sort of move along, I think the less likely it is that Zach Ertz comes back for Arizona. He might come back, but I think he might come back and go elsewhere. I mean, they're even talk. I think there was some talk of like cutting him or something. I mean, he's definitely not necessarily wanting to play there, even if he makes it back from the from the knee injury. Eh? Yeah, yeah. Um, Chang, right? I definitely with you on that. Um, and the whole Zach Ertz take that you had, uh, I caught that actually on your last episode, and I was like, yeah, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, right? Like Arizona, yeah. they don't need him. Right. And it's like, it's either Zach Ertz doesn't come back at really, like he's just turns to dust because he's old and hurt and yep. just kind of washes away, or he comes back and Arizona's like, well, well we don't need him. We'll just get value. Like, <laughs> yeah, what, there's like we're not trying to develop a young quarterback, you know? Um, so if, if they had like a young rookie quarterback they're trying to develop, yeah, maybe keep a veteran tight end to like, Right. You know, help that development and keep their confidence going and give them a valve. Yep. But they don't have that. Like I know, you yeah, know, like true. I know the whole yeah. So yeah, man. Like and then in that sense, then yeah, like why wouldn't you trade them and get you know a pick out of that, you know, or a younger player um, to kind of build with? So yeah, I mean, Trey McBride, yeah. arrow, arrow, like screaming upwards, screaming upward. And how dare you? Talk about Clayton Tune that way. I don't know who the hell you think you are. First, it's Khalil Herbert. Now it's Clayton Tune, and and, Tra- and Traylon Burks. I mean, it's like it's disrespectful. Disrespectful. Yeah, man, we're, we're building an all star team with these guys. Man. <laughs> yeah, bunch of stiffs. Bunch of stiffs. <laughs> no, but hey, your Clayton Tune take, man. Um, I think it's going to come to fruition. Um, yeah, because he's going to play games. I mean, he's going to start gonna, games. He's going to start games. games. Yeah, why yeah. wouldn't they? Yeah, and Colt McCoy. The, the other part of the the other part of this take is just become Colt McCoy in your head for a minute. He's very wealthy. Like he's made a lot of dough, like millions of dollars. He's got probably a beautiful wife, beautiful kids, a fucking dope house. He hasn't had to play football except in spot starts here and there. And like, and and now it's like, okay, dude, we're gonna have, we're gonna start you. You're gonna come into training camp, work in the hot Arizona sun for months. And then we're going to put you on this team with no good players and a shit situation, bad defense, no offensive line. Like, it's going to be bad. Come on in and do it. And he's like, wait, what am I doing? For what? Like, for what's the upside from that? For for Colt McCoy, like, glory? Like, there's no glory. You're going 4-13 and 13 if if you do great. Like, there's no 7, <clears throat> excuse me, 7, 8, 9, 10 wins in that team. This just doesn't exist. And certainly not if you're Colt McCoy. So you're not playing for a contract. You're not playing for like, oh, a chance to – there's no upside for him. He should just be like, you know what, I, I retire. Sorry, I'm out. Like whatever the last moment he can retire, that's when – like I would be so not interested in playing for that team at his age. No way. Yeah, like uh, – yeah, I think you said it too. Like he's just going to be 
like a college analyst, college football yes. analyst or a football analyst on TV, like on ESPN two or something. Yes. You know, like doing a Brady Quinn role, right? Yes. Just you know, Matt Liner, Brady Quinn. It's like yes. these quarterbacks that are like, uh, they're they play the game, they're good in college. So they no ball. He's smart. Uh, he's good yeah. looking. He's got the little, yeah. you know, church smile. Yeah. Like he's yeah. gonna Brady. Yeah. Bra- oh, what Colt McCoy church smile might be the name of the show. That was fucking pretty good. <laughs> Colt McCoy church smile. Oh my god. But right, he's got it all. He'll just be out there like, oh, what a what a swell throw that was, you know? And like he's perfect. Like just and then just keep making millions. He's fine. He has no business on that team. Whereas Clayton Toon is like. This is everything to him. It means so much. Like he has a chance to like earn a contract, even if it's a backup contract, even if he could become Colt McCoy, that would be his dream fucking come true. It would be his dream come true. Millions of dollars as a backup in the NFL for 10, 15 years. Like he would sign that right now. So he's got everything to gain. He's got everything to gain. So, I mean, that's, that's just the way I see it. I mean, what about at the top of the tight ends? We'll finish off here because I think, you know, There's always this this conversation about the top of the tight ends, and I have a hard time with it because Travis Kelsey, like, he kind of reminds me of Tony Gonzalez, <clears throat> where he was just dominating the position even though he was older. And I wasn't playing Dynasty when Tony Gonzalez was aging out. I just, I you know, or if I was, I just don't remember. I didn't have rankings. That's for fucking sure. If I was playing, I don't remember. But, like, Tony, this is unprecedented to some degree where like I think I'd rather have one season of Travis Kelsey if I can win a championship over any other tight end, you know, asset that's on the board. I know Mark Andrews is young-ish and close-ish to Kelsey, but I still have a hard time not making Kelsey tight end one. I mean, you could talk me out of it, but what are your thoughts? No, I'm not going to. Kelsey in a tier of his own at tight end one, right? Right. Um, and yeah, if he, he, if he ages out on your team, so be it. Like if all of a sudden it's over quick, which I suppose is possible. Who cares, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean who cares? But if, if I have him on my team, and I feel like I can contend or I can go for it, right? And I get to like towards the end of the season, three quarters of the way season of the season through, and I realize I'm falling apart, and Kelsey's healthy and putting up another amazing season. I'll just trade him away. You know, right. like I'll just move him at that point. Like I don't. You know, it's like, oh, I don't need him. Like, I'm not going to make the playoffs. Or even if I did, you know, I don't have a quarterback two or a running back two, and it's not going to happen. So I'll just trade him away. If I'm, yeah, if I'm a rebuild team, then I'll, I'll have him, and I'll just trade him away anyways later. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't – you know, so either way, like, he's still super valuable no matter what your position is. Even yeah. if you're in a startup draft and he kind of follows you, I wouldn't, like – you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to really think – through like on ADP, like where I would take him per se. Yeah. Um, but if he fell in my lap, like in the, let's just say third round or second, late second yeah. round or something, like I'd probably press the button and then build my team out. Like uh, however it chips fall and I'll just move him. Like he's, he's so fluid. He's so liquid. Uh, yeah. And yeah, like you said, one year of him. Great. I'll, I'll do it. You know, maybe you have two years even better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at this point, he's been so he's been lapping the field at a at a rate that is just so advantageous in a fantasy lineup. You know, it and I know the age is scary. It's a scary asset to hold, but while you're holding it, you hold one of the like the queen chess piece. You know, it's just such a such an advantage 
versus the league, you know? And so, yeah, I, I mean, obviously in tight end premium, maybe even more, or who, you know, it doesn't even really matter. It's just the, the value over the, the competition, you know, it's just so much, so much ahead of everything else. So yeah, I just think it's a, it's a huge, huge chess piece to, to hold. And I love, you know, some of the guys behind him, but they just can't do what he does. I mean, Mark Andrews is the tight end too. Um, do you feel like that's kind of also maybe his own tier? Uh, yeah, he, I have him in his own tier, right? He's um, tight end too, and he's it, Kyle Pitts. Like he's so interesting, but very there's no there's no way you could put Kyle Pitts in the same tier as Mark Andrews and like keep a straight face, you know? Like right. Mark Andrews pro- has produced for years. Yeah. It's not like yeah. oh he had one really good thousand yard season as a rookie, and then you know I don't know what happened, and then now they have. You know Drake London, and they got you know yeah. um, Bijan Robinson, and like like yeah, the volume's uncertain, it, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. The, 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 that's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So we all agree that Kyle Pitts is. I, I think you would even say that he's the greatest um, tight end prospect to ever come out of college. I, okay, fine, but that doesn't score fantasy points, you know. And yeah, so exactly. you know, it, right? So I mean, you know, the the argument is always, dude. Do you know how good Kyle Pitts is? Blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, I do. I fucking totally. That's why he's where he is. Because otherwise, if just based off performance, you know, he'd be around Pat Fryermuth, you know. Yeah, because, exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, so the, the 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 fact that he's that great of a prospect and that great of an athlete is the reason you well, I have him and you have him at tight end three ahead of guys who will likely outperform him again this year. Yeah, I mean, Hawkinson, Goddard, Kittle. I mean, they're all going to probably outperform Kyle Pitts this year. And I still have them all in the same tier. You yes. know, I mean, they're all right there. And I have Kyle Pitts ahead of them. But I don't think that in 2023 he's going to outproduce them. I, I kind of just have him at tight end three almost because, like, the value. Like, I know the dynasty value he holds. Yes, that's so, right. So, like... You know, and we put out rankings obviously for ourselves, but also for, you know, your listeners and the supporters of the undroppables and people that, that follow our rankings. And, you know, That's this right. is his, we, we, we do it from a value perspective and That's a right. production perspective. Everything is mixed in. And it's like, hey, if you had Kyle Pitts, like I was, I mean, I haven't done it and I, I really need to do this before everyone listens and catches, catches wind of it. But I want to just, I have like three shares of Kyle Pitts or something. I'm just going to go and, Offer him for Mark Andrews, like everywhere and anywhere, like yeah, just see, like you know, because where I have him, I think the teams are pretty strong, and I'd rather just take Mark Andrews and, and try to win a ship, you know, because Kyle, Kyle Pitts is not winning your championship next year. Like I, I bet money on that. I bet you know a lot of money that he's not winning leagues like a Mark Andrews can. So that's true. I agree with that. I, I don't think he is a league winner. Um, by the way, do you do you remember the trade I made? Hold on, I'm gonna pull it up. Yeah, so I traded. <clears throat> excuse me, I traded Kyle Pitts, Deshaun Watson, uh, and Kirk Cousins, and a 23 first. I I don't remember what pick it was. It was whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, for Mahomes and Andrews. So I did, yeah, yeah, I, I remember did that. that. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a, a later 23 first. Whatever it was. I mean, I, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, it was like yeah. I think. It was, yeah, who cares? Whatever, you know. It's like yeah. it wasn't one of the, you know, one of the top picks. It was like so. we like, traded Will Levis. It's like we, yeah, that, yeah, that exactly. first yeah. that first became Will Levis, basically. Yeah. But no, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, even if it was like a 
you know, a 110 or a 109, that's still yeah, a Quentin steal, Johnson, man. 18, still a steal. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, like, it would take like Deshaun Watson in a first to even get to Mahomes. I mean, yes. let's be real. Like, it's Mahomes. Yes. So I mean, yeah, you can you can and that and ultimately Pitts was the and look, it's not a bad trade for the other guy either. I mean, it's not the worst trade in the world, but definitely everybody was like, "What the fuck, man?" You know, they were mad I got Mahomes, of course. Uh, but you know, Pitts, the reason he carries that value, so I was trading that value out because people see it and they're like, "Dude, Pitts, right?" <laughs> and yeah. so he, you know, put him with fucking Cortland Sutton. You know, it's like you know that's the type of player you want to like package up because yeah you're right you could probably get up to andrews and or you know whatever you know you can do whatever you want with him but that he carries tremendous value and you're right you know i think i think that's an interesting way to finish the show because we got to get going but i thought it was you know when when i do my rankings it's like well how do you do them it's like you know we talked at the top of the show about like whether it's like um uh you know win now or rebuild and da 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 it's like I don't know. Yeah, you gotta kind of put all that stuff together. We look at the value. Look at ADP. Why do you look at ADP? Well, you do need to know kind of what's happening in the sort of the world at large to know if you're ahead of or behind ADP. You know, I know obviously the great goat Evan Silva does that with his top 150, which you probably should be listening to that podcast too, by the way. But um, you know, he does his top 150, and he sort of talks about where he's at versus ADP because it matters. Because if you're recommending a player, you know, it's like, I remember when people are all like, I love JT, just I have him at RB3 in this, you know, the rookie draft. It's like, then you don't, because you need to pick him first in order to get yeah. him, you know? It's like, you can't, you know, so you can't say you like a guy if you like him behind ADP. You you don't like him. That means you like him less than other people, so you don't like him, you know? So, yeah. ultimately, you, you know what I'm saying? So, ultimately, that's what it comes down to. You have to consider that stuff and you know, everybody, you know, clamoring for pits as, you know, tight end one overall and 1.01 overall and all the nonsense that people were talking about based solely off a prospect profile that has never been predictive at the tight end position. That's the other thing. If it was a wide receiver, you know, you were clamoring for Jamar Chase at the 1.01. That made it more sense to me than ever Kyle Pitts because not because Kyle Pitts wasn't as good a prospect. He was. But at tight end, the, the level of prospect doesn't it's not as predictive. So it's harder to determine what's going to happen. So anyway, all that was uh, me saying, uh, you know, our, our rankings include a lot of different, you know, uh, inputs and it's hard to quantify how much of one or the other we put into it. But a lot of it is just conversations like this, where you start to look at it and try and figure it out. You know, where should we take this guy or that guy? Like, you know, you look at a guy like Darren Waller versus Greg Dulcich, you know, I have him ahead, you have him behind. It's like, well, obviously the conversation is pretty clear. It's like, you know, are you winning now? And Waller's such a win now piece, but I get it. Like he's going to age out. Obviously, if I'm rebuilding, I don't want to, you know, I'm selling my Waller, you know? So there yeah. it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it, man. Yeah. All right, man. Tell everybody what's going on with the Undroppables because I always do a bad job at that. No, man. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, uh, you touched on it earlier, but. Um, you know, the undrafted right, officially partnered with player profiler and the Roto Underworld uh, on their network. So, you know, the undrafted is still independently uh, owned and operated by the Undroppables and, of course, Jack Falcone himself. Uh, but that's something that's really exciting for us right now. Um, our projections, our projections, uh, you know, we've kind of gone through just a little bit, but, you know, we'll be fine tuning those. And I'm sure those will be making their way, um, you know, into the into the internet, um, you know, Josh. for people to consume. 
Josh, I got to shout out Josh Lee, who's killing it. Um, you know, doing all the best ball. I mean, he's streaming best ball uh, drafts for the, um, you know, uh, best, like what is it? best, best ball yeah. mania BBM four for $3 million. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he won $3 million this year. I'll ask him for a little bit of money if he does that. <laughs> I'd be scared he's going to come to me and say, I'm buying the droppables. No, he's um, doing yeah, he's doing a great job with, you know, his his process and, of course, the Pharaoh as well, my friend. Yeah, Pharaoh's doing great. I mean, our Unbets uh, platform has taken off uh, better than ever. Check us out on Patreon and our Discord. Um, they are literally printing money out there. Pharaoh. Uh, yep. And I mean, Josh is also kind of working with Farrell on some of that stuff and their picks right now, their, their props. I mean, uh, every sport, I mean, when, before NBA ended, you know, they're doing basketball, they're doing baseball right now. They do college baseball. Um, I mean, any and horse racing, I mean, any yeah. sport you can think of they're, they're betting and they're winning and it's not, no. they're just giving you picks to give you picks. No, it's I data mean, driven. It's all data driven and there's no emotion involved. And if the algorithm doesn't spit out something that's compelling, they're not going to give, give you picks just to give you picks. And that's right. I think, I mean, I think there was a streak. I mean, he's still on a hot streak and I don't want to drink it, but he went like 15 for 15, like, I mean, 15 straight, like that's crazy, man. Like you didn't lose a bet for 15 straight picks, like at all. I mean, yeah. that's insane, you know? It's, um, so he's yeah. working, man. He's doing a great job. And that's why I want to shout it out because it's really fun. And, and then we'll also have, you know, our redraft content, you know, once redraft kicks off, we'll have some Scott fishbowl stuff with, uh, Dan, AWL Saber metrics. I know Mike Reedy, everybody loves his, you know, his weekly columns. He's got two of them during the, during the regular season for a redraft. There's some redraft articles up now. Uh, Tommy Moe, uh, has his awesome, um, you know, uh, series that, should have won an award for, but that's all right. Next year, um, you know, breaking bread has been awesome. You know, all, all sorts of cool articles, uh, that are actually just really fun to read. Um, you know, uh, so yeah. Yeah. You did a better job than I did, man. Shouting out the team and telling the listeners, uh, what we're up to over here. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, a lot, a lot of, a lot of diverse content. Um, you know, you know, we're just doing a lot of stuff, you know, shout out to Gina, right. She's, she's doing the Twitter spaces right now doing the uh, women talk football, which is awesome. Um, right. Playbook. Just going, yeah. Playbook, right. Shout out to uh, Michael P Duncan and Ashley, uh, you know, with the playbook, which is, you know, definitely a crowd favorite. Uh, I get a ton of great reviews and messages from people telling me uh, how much they enjoy um, just them talking football. Yeah, uh, so and it yeah, starts got- to get better now too. That show starts to get better during redraft season because they're they're a little bit more news based and you know kind of covering the bases of the the goings on, if you will. So obviously, off season it's a little bit like not boring, but you know it's just not as much there. So they're starting to ramp that up with you know obviously training camp and 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 they'll be keeping their their eyes on that. So yeah, there's, that's a really cool show, especially as we get closer to the season. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of a lot of exciting stuff. Uh, you know, every day we're pumping out something new, um, you know, engaging on Twitter. We were on YouTube. We're on Twitter spaces. Of course we have the website. Uh, so yeah, so we're all over, uh, all over the place and, and, you know, you can definitely, um, keep, keep an eye out for some of that exciting content that you just, you kind of rattled off. Yeah. And feel free to roast me on Twitter. I, you won't hurt my feelings. Like just do it. Just tell me why I'm an idiot with my rankings. As a matter of fact, 
most of the time when people do that, I'm actually like, oh yeah, I fucked that up. That's a, that's a problem. I should move this guy up or down. You know, it, it's, it's, it's good because sometimes people will just shine a light. They're like, dude, you're way too low on this guy. And, and rather than being like, an asshole to defend like dude do you even know what it's like i don't really view it that way because i always think i'm i'm ready to be wrong i'm probably my rankings probably are wrong oh actually excuse me all of our rankings are wrong everybody's rankings are incorrect it's just how they're wrong that we're not sure of so just remember that you know nobody's got the correct rankings we just we're just doing the best we can to try and figure it out and uh, with your help we might just get the perfect rankings one year anyway with all that say goodbye chalk yeah, uh, you know, thanks, thanks for having me on again, uh, uh, Scott. You know, always a ple- pleasure. And uh, you know, shout out to all the listeners, the loyal listeners of the Undrafted, and all the new listeners. I know, I know, there's a ton of new listeners that just kind of joined uh, the fray, joined the club, uh, and you're you're all in for a real treat with uh, you know the man behind the mic over here, Jack Falcone. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, absolutely, it's a fun show. We, ha- we have a lot of fun, and hopefully, you enjoyed this one. And we'll see you again next week. So, on behalf of everybody here at The Undrafted, on behalf of everyone here at The Undroppables, on behalf of my friend and producer, Mr. Michael P. Duncan, you have been joined by The Chalk. And I am Jax Falcone. And we are out.